everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. While growing up, I lived down the street from my orthodontist, Rupert Cuny. That's a great name, isn't it? Rupert Cuny. It was a real convenient deal because when I would have an orthodontist appointment, Dr. Cuny would drive by my house, pick me up, and cart me to his office where my mother would pick me up and then after the appointment, take me to school. I loved Dr. Cuny because he was an outdoorsman. This man traveled around the world hunting and fishing. But there's a couple of things you need to know about him. First of all, he tried to act very spiritual and really holy around my family and I because my father was a pastor of a local church. And I could tell this even as a sixth grader, it was very obvious he tried to put on this front of being a great Christian. There's nothing else you need to know. Dr. Cuny had the most unique voice I've ever heard in my entire life. He grew up in the deep south, and while he was talking, he would pause for long periods of time. It was strange. But remember those two things as I tell you what happened, because it was like yesterday that I was driving in Dr. Cuny's Suburban to his office. He was just, you know, driving, sipping his coffee, had five or six rod and reels in the back. I looked at him and I said, Dr. Cuny, you fished all over the world. Have you ever been hooked before? No response. And, and, and when you would talk to him, you'd think, well, well, did he not hear what I said? I mean, I've always had a loud voice. I said it one more time, Dr. Cuny, you ever been hooked before? A couple of months ago, I went fishing with a good friend of mine. He's a doctor. <laughs> Dr. Alfred Tinko, and Dr. Tinko and I were fishing out there. You know what I'm talking about, that lake up there, Lake Murray. I was thinking to myself, well, are we going to hear the story? We were in a school of white bass just a little while ago. We were catching those bass like anything. <laughs> Dr. Tinko had a long fly rod made into a spinning rod. He got excited catching these bass. I told him to watch out. And Ed, he reared back with that fly rod and that damn, dang, 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 hook caught me behind the dang ear. Dang, 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 dang. I will never, ever 
forget that encounter with my orthodontist, Dr. Rupert Cuny. Today, I'm talking about the commandment that Dr. Cuny violated and record numbers of us are breaking. Beware when you swear. Beware when you swear. Pardon my French, excuse me, it just slipped out. It seems as though we're bombarded by bad language, doesn't it? Everywhere we turn, there's expletives and cussing and profanity or whatever you want to call it. It appears that our culture is on a perpetual swearathon. Well, God's word comes along and it tells us to beware when we swear. I'm in a series on the Ten Commandments, and during this series, we've been throwing three questions at every single directive. And today is no different. We're going to look at Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, and look at three questions about this commandment. The first question is, what's the meaning? I mean, what was God driving at when he had the prince of Egypt, Moses, record these words? Then we're going to look at the mentality. What was going through God's mind? What kind of cosmic concerns did he have when he came up with this stuff? And then we're going to look at the implications. How can we apply this profanity stuff, this swearing stuff, to our lives? Let's jump into the meaning. What's the meaning? Let's read the commandment. Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. In other words, don't disrespect the name of God by denouncing and pronouncing it in a frivolous or flippant manner. God forbids us from the usage of his name in a pedestrian or casual fashion. Why? Because names are mediums of communication. And God's name is different from every other name. He is distinct from man. God is sovereign. He's transcendent. He's holy. He's loving. He's supernatural. We aren't. And he tells us over and over again to hold his name in high esteem. Yet a lot of us turn our backs and we thumb our noses at God, and we say what we want to say without really realizing the true implications and how the words we use play out in our lives and those we rub shoulders with. The obvious way that we break this commandment is by saying words. It's by taking God's name in vain. And I wanna highlight for you Several types of swearers, several different categories of profanity that I believe are represented here and throughout our world today. Now remember, the word vain refers to emptying. It refers to making something irrelevant. So when we profane the name of God or use coarse or profane language, we're emptying the name of God and making it irrelevant. Having said that, let's look at the first type of swearer. The first type of swearer is someone I call the clueless 
swearer. The clueless swearer. Three months ago, I was standing in the lobby shaking hands after the 10 a.m. service. A man ran up to me. He said, Pastor, I want to tell you, man, that was a hell of a sermon. I still wonder what he was talking about. This man was clueless. Speaking of being clueless, Friday evening, late, I walked out into the cool air to feed our gargantuan dogs. After feeding these animals, I walked back through the garage and I pushed the button to close the garage door. I'm not very mechanical, but even I could tell when I pushed the button, something was really, really wrong. The entire garage door stopped and began to jerk and to make these weird noises. So I thought, oh, I better quit pushing the button. So I walked over and I could tell it was off track. So I reached my hands up to the ceiling and tried to get the door on track, but I couldn't do it. The phone began to ring and I run in the kitchen, pick the phone up. I'm talking on the phone. And then I hear Lisa. I hear her trying to push the button to close the garage door. And I said, honey, no, don't push the garage door. It's broken. And right when I said broken, I heard this earthquake type sound. <laughs> Throw the phone down, run to the garage. And our garage door, friends, is hanging by two little cables just swaying over our cars. <laughs> we didn't breathe. It was like, whoa. So Lisa, being the quick thinker, called an emergency garage door repair person who showed up at our house at 10 o'clock p.m and charged us an arm and a leg to fix the garage door. As I was standing out there watching him work and wondering how he was going to do this, he asked God to damn our garage door to hell. In other words, he was a clueless swearer. He had no idea what he was saying. As I said earlier, the name of God in Philippians chapter 2 is above every name. This text says that Jesus Christ has a name that is so holy, that is so hallowed, that, 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 that words cannot really describe it. Back in the Old Testament times, a devout Jew wouldn't even pronounce the name of God. Check this out. If a Jew happened to be reading scripture and came to the name of God, they would omit it, skip over it, make some kind of symbol, or if they did say a phrase, they would say the word Adonai. The name of God was pronounced, though, once a year, by the holiest man in the nation, the high priest, on the holiest day of the year, 
Yom Kippur in the Holy of Holies in the temple. That's though how much the Jewish culture prioritized the name of God. In Luke chapter 11, the disciples one day asked Jesus, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Show us a model. Give us just an outline of the way we should talk and communicate to God. And here's what Jesus said. He said, pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Don't disrespect the name of God by denouncing and pronouncing it in a frivolous or flippant manner. Jesus was saying, don't even go there. Hold it high, because the name of God communicates the essence and the totality of God's being. In Leviticus chapter 24, these two guys got the fist fight. And one must have taken a Mike Tyson type left hook to the jaw because the scripture reveals that this person, after getting knocked in the head, took the name of God in vain. He used it in a frivolous and profane manner. He made it irrelevant. He emptied it of content. And when people heard him, they drugged this man before the religious leaders and Moses. And this man was put to death. God does not play around with people who profane his name. So what are we to do? Because most people who use these words are clueless. I understand that, and so do you. What are you to do? If you say, okay, I am a clueless swearer. I'm in this category. What should I do? If you're clueless, you need to be clued in. You need to realize the implications of what you're saying. When you say, God damn, you're asking God to do something he does not do. God does not damn any person to hell. We choose hell. We damn ourselves to hell when we walk over and trample over the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of God. So it's a creature telling the creator what to do. It's one of us saying, God, oh yeah, okay, I'll just go ahead and do what I need to do because I will be the little sovereign God over this universe called me. I'll say what I want to say. I'll do what I want to do. I'll damn this and I'll damn that. Even if you say the word damn, you're throwing around a word that matters to God. You're making light of eternal separation. If you say hell in a flippant manner, you're making fun of, you're using in a very pedestrian manner, eternal punishment and judgment, and God does not play around with those words. God does not play around with the results of eternity. Yet some say, oh my God, or God Almighty, or Jesus Christ, or Jeez. When you go through that, you are pointing at God. You, in a roundabout way, are blaming God for your problem, God for your pain, God for your predicament. You're making your Savior, if you know him, the scapegoat. And I've got to tell you something. I wonder if you really know the Lord if you profane his name. I've got to wonder. 
Do you really know him personally if you continually profane his name? The first category, the clueless swearer. But there's another category represented here in our culture today. It's the wheels off swearer. The wheels off swearer. The wheels off swearer is someone who sometimes has wheels on. Sometimes they're controlled. But now and then, when someone pulls in front of them on the freeway, or they have to wait too long in the church parking lot, or they strike out in the softball game, or hit their thumb with a hammer, the wheels are off. I mean the wheels are off and the wheels come bounding down the freeway of life. And they say, well, I just grew up that way. You know, I've got to say those words to make my point. You know, it raises my testosterone level. It really makes me feel big. I just can't control myself. Isn't it ironic? Isn't it interesting that the people who know God the least often use his name the most? In the book of James chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, the brother of Christ writes these words. With the tongue, this two-ounce slab of mucous membrane, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who've been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise, that's wheels on, and cursing, that's wheels off. My brothers, James says, this should not be. The tongue is petite, but it's powerful. Have you ever thought, people, people never say, oh Buddha. <laughs> they never say, Muhammad Dam. Why? Because Buddha and Muhammad and L. Ron Hubbard and Joseph Smith, they are not the true and one and only God. People curse, people profane, people make irrelevant, people take God's name, the one true God, and use it in a flippant and frivolous manner. Why? Because down deep, every single person knows, I believe, the truth. But look at the half-brother Jesus said, hey, my brothers, this should not be. If you're a person who's kind of a wheels-off swearer, you need to have the wheels put back on. You need to take the words in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and apply them to your life. Because this text says we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We've got to be transformed. This word transformed means to, to go through metamorphosis. And if we go through metamorphosis in our mind, and it's a work only the Holy Spirit can do, because once we bow the knee to Christ, once we allow Jesus to infiltrate the depths of our spirit, he can change our mind. And once we change the way we think, then we can change the way we speak. So yes, if you're a wheels off person, the wheels can come back on today and you can take captive every single word you say and make it a praise offering to God as opposed to using his name in a flippant or frivolous manner. So be transformed. You know, if a lot of us got serious about the third commandment, this next week we would go through long periods of silence 
in our conversations. We go, it would probably improve our listening skills. I often thought, you know, what if stand-up comics like Dennis Miller and Chris Rock couldn't use profanity? Their, their acts would probably look like this or something. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Chris Rock and Dennis Miller. Bum, 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 bum. You've been a great audience. Good night. <laughs> Could you be a person? Could you be a person? This is a wheels off person. You know, being a pastor, I have a unique perspective on profanity. And due to my athletic background, I've, I've been around some of the most spectacular swearers uh, I've ever seen. You, you talked about cussing in a creative manner. Man, I've been there, done that, heard it, thought about it, had it yelled at me and others. It, it's amazing what people can do. And, and granted, most people are clueless. Most people are wheels off, but they need to be clued in and the wheels need to be put back on. But I'll never forget what happened several years ago. I was playing basketball with some guys and during the game, man, these guys were throwing out the F-bomb, G-D, I mean, you name it, they were saying it. And after the game, they walked up to me and they said, hey, uh, tell me your name. And they introduced themselves to me. I said, I'm Ed Young. And they said, hey, that's cool, Ed. Uh, what do you do for a living here in the area? I love to watch people at this point <laughs> when they have just violated the third commandment time and time again. I love to watch their reaction. It's kind of uh, pastoral humor. <laughs> and I said, well, uh, I'm a pastor in a local church, the Fellowship Church. <laughs> These guys look like they've been electrocuted, you know. And they always say several things to me. They say, first of all, <laughs> pastor, you're lying. You're not a pastor. <laughs> no, you aren't. I say, oh, y yes, I am. And a guy who goes to our church is with me, he goes, oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. And they said something else to me. You don't look like a pastor. Well, I say, thank you very much. I don't know what a pastor's supposed to look like, but I appreciate that. And then thirdly, they say this, well, man, I'm sorry. You know, I'm really sorry. They, you know, pushed the rewind button on all their cuss words. Hey, man, I'm, I'm, re I'm really, I really apologize, dude. And I say, man, don't apologize to me. You better apologize to thee, T-H-E-E. -E. Apologize to him. Apologize to him. What was funny, we played three more intense games, and they never said one more <laughs> profane word. It was wheels off. Then suddenly it was wheels on. A lot of us are bilingual, aren't we? And, and the drama kind of hit on this. <laughs> Around certain people, all the words come out, yeah, 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 well, yeah, 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 and this, yeah, 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 yeah. But then around church, oh, we changed, man. We're bilingual. It needs to be wheels on, and our wheels need to stay on, and we need the transformation process. There's another area, another type of swearer that I want to touch on. It's the arrogant swearer, the arrogant person. This is the person 
who just shakes his puny little vocabulary in the face of God. And this person just says, hey, God, forget you. I'll say what I want to say. Thank you. I ask you, how can a person who knows Christ, how can a person who's been forgiven and cleansed, how can a person who's had their home secured in heaven, how can that person trash the name of God? How? How can they talk about Jesus, the one who died a torturous death, a sin-sacrificing death, a bodily resurrection? How can they mess around with his name? I'm telling you, I don't believe they're Christ followers. If someone regularly and habitually profanes the name of God, I don't think they know him. Because if you know him, you're going to protect his name. You're not going to joke about his name. You're not going to use his name in just this way or that way. You're going to hold his name close. You're going to love his name. You're going to honor his name because it's the label that's changed you, that saved you, that's given you eternity and a purpose and a clear conscience and a life beyond any other life the world offers. You're going to really honor the name of God. If someone saved you from drowning, I mean, if someone dove into some icy waters and drug you to safety, would you trash their name? Would you curse their name? Would you use their name in a flippant or frivolous manner? Would you? I wouldn't. There's no way I would do that. Matthew chapter 15, verse 18, here's what Jesus said. But the things that come out of the mouth, our speech is a gift from God. Exodus chapter 4, verse 11 tells us that. Yet we've gutted this gift when we swear. But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And these make a man unclean. If you are here this morning and you're this arrogant type swearer, I challenge you to humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. I challenge you to come to terms with the fact that you cannot redo and gloss over all the sins and mistakes of your past, of what you're involved in now, and your future. You can't do it. But the wonderful words I just share with you today is, Christ has done the work. He's paid the price. He's taken the initiative to take care of all of your sins, all of your moral foul-ups. And if you come clean on this deal, if you admit your arrogance before God and turn to Him and bow the knee to Him and humble yourself before Him and ask Him to come into your life, He will change you and remake you and even reword your arrogant and profane vocabulary. The Lord Jesus can do it. The obvious, the obvious way to look at this commandment is through words. The words that come across our lips. But there's another way we can break the third commandment. A few of you are saying, well, oh, oh, I've never said a swear word in my life. This is not me. Oh, boy, I, I, I can kind of get out of this one. I'm, I'm good. I've never said one bad word in my life. But, but hold it. I'll guarantee you, you've still violated the third commandment. And maybe you're still violating it. Because not only can we profane the name of God with our words, we can also profane the name of God with our lifestyle. Ow. 
our lifestyle. And I'm talking to Christ followers now. If you're a seeker, just listen, but I'm only talking to those who are Christians. If I say one thing, if I go by the label as a Christian, hey, I've been saved and redeemed and justified and sanctified. I'm connected to this church or that church. I do this. If you say that and do something else contrary to that, you have profaned the name of God. You've made it irrelevant. You've emptied it of any content. I want to ask you a direct question. Is there any place you go? Is there any words you say? Is there anything you do that does not square with the label of Christ? Because if any of those hit you, if any of those kind of send up some flags and some warning lights, then you are in violation of the third commandment. Because in a real way, we, as Christ followers, are an advertisement of the grace and the mercy of God. And also, you are the only Jesus a lot of people will ever see in your sphere of influence, and so am I. So that is a heavy burden. That's a huge responsibility. You're talking about accountability. Whoa, that's accountability that's cosmic. How are you doing? It's the old walk and talk thing. And throughout the Bible, the Old Testament and the New, you'll always hear these words. If you love God, you'll keep the commandments. If you love God, you'll keep the commitments. If you love God, you'll walk in the way he wants you to walk. Why? Because God is holy and he wants us to live holy lifestyles as an act of worship to him, as an act of influence for him, because people would often rather see a sermon than hear one any day. So what are some practical steps we can take about the third commandment? Let me share two with you. Number one, talk about this stuff to others. Talk about this stuff to others. For example, if you're around a spectacular swearer, I mean a creative cusser, if you're around someone at work who says, GD this, F-bomb this, H this, D this, whatever, if they're just doing that at the office, or maybe it's a parent, or maybe it's a friend, or maybe it's a group of guys or girls, if you're around people who do that a lot, or even students, talk to them about it. I want you to go home, grab them up by the shirt. No, don't do that. Some are going, yeah! No, no. Talk to them about it. When they're not all out of control, when the wheels aren't off, just sit down and say, you know, I want to explain to you what you're saying. Because most people have no idea of the power of words and what's behind them. And just say, let me show you what this word means. Talk to your children about it. Talk about this commandment. There's no way, though, you can live your life with earmuffs on. You can't go through life going, I can never hear another swear word ever. I can never, ever, ever. You're going to hear it. So am I. Sometimes even after sermons. <laughs> Yet we've got to talk about it. Parents, think about what comes across the airwaves in your home. Are you talking to your children about it? Or are you letting them sit down again 
and watch a 110-minute movie where they constantly profane the name of God and use his name in a flippant and frivolous manner. Are you doing that? Don't numb out to this stuff. Talk to them about it. And when you're around your children and someone says a word, say, children, here is what this person was saying. They didn't understand it, but here's what they're saying. So talk about it. Talk about it. Number two, constantly critique what comes across your lips and your lifestyle. Constantly look at it and think about your word choice and what you're saying and what you're using to describe a situation or a person. Critique what comes across your lips and critique your lifestyle. Ask yourself, am I a true reflection of the church? Am I a true advertisement of the love and the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ? Am I? Do I honor the name of God? Do I obey the third commandment? Do I have this reverence, this honor in my life? Do I? Do I? That's why I challenge you again to write out your prayers. When you write those prayers out, you can look back and you can see if you reverence God's name or you did not. Beware when you swear. Beware when you swear. If you're clueless, get clued in. If your wheel's off, put the wheels back on. If you're arrogant, humble yourself and live the life and honor the name of God. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.